I know that last week I said that show number 326 would be the last of season 6. This just goes to show you that you cannot always trust what an AI tells you. On this episode of the Data Driven Podcast, Frank and Andy interview Albert Castellana, co-founder and CEO at Jaeger AI. Jaeger as in Chuck Jaeger and AI as in Generative AI. Stay tuned for a fascinating discussion on the nature of NLP models, entrepreneurship, and good Barcelona coffee. All right, hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emergent fields of data science, artificial intelligence, and just the raw possibilities that that are coming up in this space. And uh, figured it was finally time after so many years to change up that intro because this is no longer emergent. And where, where would this field be? Um, where would this field be without uh, data engineers? So I brought with me my favorite data engineer in the entire world, entire known universe. I'll go one step further. Wow. Uh, Andy Leonard, how's it going, Andy? It's going well, Frank. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I just, um, uh, I'm doing all right except for the fact that on this computer was upgraded to Windows 11. And I will yeah. spare the audience my rants. If you want to see my rants on Windows 11, um, that's what I, I save my live streams for, right? So, funny story. I don't know if I'm going to be re-upped as an MVP because, you know, although I've been active, I've been very vocal about my disdain for Windows 11. So, we'll see. Yeah, that it's it's a crazy coincidence that that happens sometimes. People who aren't um, towing the line sometimes aren't. I I stopped being an MVP about a year ago. It was July first. Mm-hmm. Um, I voluntarily uh, left, and it, part of the reason is not it was a kind of a minority part of it is that it's a zero sum game. So I was taking up a slot, and um, yeah, I. I I, part of the reason is I felt like others could uh, could use that slot. Could they do better things? Probably, definitely different. And um, yeah, who could be better? Who could be better than Andy? Come on! Oh, I'd stop. Except but, um, maybe, except maybe um, the crab cat. The crab She's wearing cat, fear will, the crab cat. I will stand up a little bit. Fear the crab cat is a um, it's a Y files W H Y files W H Y files. Yeah. Uh, channel on um, YouTube, and it's I find it very entertaining. That's why I watch it. It's the guy does a conspiracy theory. He goes through it from the conspiracy theorist point of view, and then at the end, he he walks through debunking uh, information he's found with some some research. He's an entertaining narrator, right? Just just in its own right, he has a fish, a, a goldfish named Hecklefish who often wears a tinfoil hat, and there's this cast of characters that are surrounded, including the crab cat. So I'll say right. no more about that, but they're not a sponsor or anything like no, that, we it's just, just very just, entertaining. We enjoy their work, and, and yes. the fact that, that like, um, that uh, the, the hecklefish sounds like he's straight out of, like, Mass Beth Queens, New York, is just an added bonus, like, because, like, my mom... That's, that's my mom. Place. My mom. My mom. Your mom was like there. that. My, so gotcha. like when when she when he says some things, I'm like that's something like my mom would say. Like it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, my mom, God rest pretty her awesome. soul. Uh, but uh, onward and onward. Uh, speaking of yeah. onward, uh, we have an awesome guest today, and this is a he's a startup founder in the field of generative AI, which obviously I think has taken 
Um, I wouldn't say taken all the oxygen out of the room about a lot of things, but it's really kind of reinvigorated the the AI space, right? ChatGPT has um, caused a lot of excitement, hype, and even fear about the future. Uh, but our guest here, uh, I'll let him introduce himself, and uh, we talked in the virtual green room. He's up to some really cool stuff. So welcome to the show. Uh, how are you today? Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Andy. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I saw you drinking coffee, and I know that you are in Barcelona. And uh, I bet that coffee is way better than anything I can get on this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Come over. I'll, I'll get you a cup. No, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I have some cups for you for sure. Um, you may, we may take you up on that. Both Frank and yeah. I are coffee holics. That's right. <laughs> and I love Spain because Spain and my, my, my natural, not since having kids, but my natural circadian rhythm, it seems to be like in sync with Spain. Like mm -hmm. it may, maybe even not enough in sync. I'd be like, wow, like you guys really stay out late. <laughs> yes. Um, yes so talk to us. You are the co-founder and CEO of Jaeger.ai. Um, and is that it just, is that named after, um, Chuck Yeager, or is That's that? Correct. That's and you correct. got, yeah. and you got a SpaceX shirt, so I'm sure there's a good story behind this. Um, <laughs> so for those who don't know, Chuck Yeager is a legendary test pilot. I remember reading his um, biography, his autobiography, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and I was just blown away yeah. by kind of like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us, you, what do you, what is Jaeger AI, and and what's what's its role inside of the space that is uh, generative AI? Mm -hmm. Cool. So, Jaeger AI is a project that started about a couple of years ago. Uh, we were uh, my co-founder and I. He has been working in, in AI since 2015, uh, mainly focused on on ML operations, and he did like uh, image diagnostics and a bunch of other a bunch of other. Uh, research projects as well with the university here in, in Spain. And uh, basically when ChatGPT came about, we were looking at you know all the possibilities and so on. And it was, well, obviously like I guess most of us, we were wowed by ChatGPT and the type of possibilities that it was opening, right? Um, we had been working on this framework that essentially was exposing a bunch of, uh, well, essentially it's a, it's a kind of workflow framework that had these components, right? Each one of these components could be kind of cre created by a few hundreds lines of code. And you could do very complex things like small protocols, right? Like step one, two, three, four, five. Each one of them was just, you know, a bunch of steps, very few lines of code. And we thought, why don't we just ask GPT to kind of like auto-complete the different steps for this uh, framework, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of like, you know, evolved over time. Uh, we have been trying to understand where the whole generative AI ecosystem is, is going to. This is actually very challenging because things are moving extremely fast, right? And um, well, over time we've been thinking, okay, where is the whole industry going, right? We're thinking that, well, this is obviously is gonna be changing everybody's work and uh, life. Uh, so where is it going? How can we actually create something that's valuable down the road, not just now? Because what we're seeing right now is that there's huge disruption pretty much on every single side of the, of the, of the spectrum, right? You've got like the, the big LLMs, they're fighting between each other like really, really uh, fiercely. And then you've got the like the applications on top of these LLMs that many of them are being disrupted just by you know say for example Microsoft or Google you know like going ahead and just like uh, applying uh, their own LLMs into their you know the the, the Drive suite and the the Google like the um, the Microsoft's uh, Office suite right so you sure. can see that things are very very volatile. However, there are some things that we know that in the future are going to be 
there, right? Like the way we see it, we we think that in the future, everybody is gonna have very broad access and easy access to AI, they, that everybody will be able to pretty much like, you know, spawn and summon an AI that does something for them on demand, right? They will just, you will just be able to say, okay, I wanna do a marketing campaign, right? And you're gonna be able to have most of the job done on that front. Now, this is already possible with uh, ChatGPT, right? Like many, many people are using prompting and just like going directly, you know, like um, by hand, let's put it like this, right? Just, just go with ChatGPT, ask for something back and forth, right? And it takes some effort, but at the end, you actually have some interesting results, right? It's, right. A, it's an amplification tool. So basically the, 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 the not so good become good, and the good become better, right? right? The challenge here is what happens if you're good, but you're not using the technology, then the challenge here is that you, you will be disrupted by the people that maybe were not so good before, but now they have yeah. an amazing technology that's just, you know, doing, you know, the, the, it, it's, it's closing the gap against you, right? So we're just trying to understand, okay, so where are we going? And then how can we actually make this happen in a way that is responsible and in a way that is accessible for everybody? Now, after multiple iterations, we started looking at, okay, there's this concept of agents, right? So you have a generative agent, which is essentially uh, like a, a layer on top of the LLM that's being connected, that's connecting to these LLMs and essentially trying to organize the thoughts and the things that it's doing, right? So imagine like you have the subconscious mind that's essentially thinking about the next breed, the next heartbeat, the next word, right? That's the LLM, right? And then you have on top of it a conscious mind that's trying to organize, okay, I need to do this thing, I need to do that thing, I have these memories, I have, yeah, it's trying to essentially make use of the underlying layer, this subconscious that I'm saying about, that I'm talking about the, the LLM, right? Yeah. And this is what we're doing. We're essentially creating a framework so that people can easily build these uh, agents, can, can, can essentially order and like bring some logic on top of this layer so that they can make use of the LLM because the LLMs are, are actually not that reliable uh, for some things, right? For example, they hallucinate, right? I think that's that's quite quite well known, right? And they right. hallucinate because their 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 job is to think about the next uh, the next word, right? So sometimes they just guess it, and you know that's it. Their job is to guess the next word. So maybe they don't know the answer, so they will just guess something, right? But right. here is where through essentially adding another layer on top, we can start to constrain like add restrictions on the type of outputs that you're doing to do useful stuff. Right? Interesting. Um, we can do code, for example. So we can essentially say, okay, LLM, can you help us to define how the software solution for this specific problem would look like? Can you write the test suite? Then we can check the test suite. Now, can right. you write the code that would be okay for this test suite? And then our layer can actually run this code against this test and see that it makes sense, right? You see, we're actually, by constraining the LLM, are making it more powerful. Right. Yeah, I, I, I like that approach that you're mimicking kind of biology, right, in the sense that, you, and I like the way you said that, like, you know, you have your subconscious mind, which is this mass, for lack of a better term, almost like a natural data lake of experiences and kind of autonomous systems like inside of your brain, like your next heartbeat, your next breath, you know, temperature regulation, list goes on and on. But the conscious mind is really, its job is to kind of, Steer the ship, so to speak. You know what I mean. Sure. And I, and and if you use ChatGPT a lot, you'll realize like it it does sometimes go off the rails, which they call hallucinate in 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 this jargon. And uh, so it's not like it's like seeing images of um, you know pink elephants and you know <laughs> giant crab cats crab cats attacking crab the city. Cats. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's not true. not crack cats. It's not seeing that either. Um, 
but um, no, it's interesting how how that approaches. And I think you're right. I think with some constraints, with more yeah. constraints, it might actually be more powerful because when it's open ended, that's that's difficult for engineers. But it seems like it's also difficult for the system too. Yeah. Is that that kind of your your take on it, um, Alberto? Albert. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, we're essentially trying to make them more useful, right? And so again, we're trying to make it accessible to everybody, sure. and we're trying to make it as well responsible. And those are two like different things that sometimes clash with each other, right? So right. We can okay. like, like as you is like we can go into them. But basically, first thing is how do we actually make it that anybody can have access to this, right? Yeah. And because we're capable of asking an agent to build these own tools, right? So this is something. Where we can do, we can tell him, okay, we want you to have this specific tool that's going to go to this API and it's going to be querying this specific data and then it will put it somewhere. This is something we can do, as I explained before, right? This means that we can extend these agents to, well, essentially build things on the fly for a user that maybe doesn't know how to code, right? And that's the that's the accessibility part here, right? Interesting. Um, however, to do that, it needs to be reliable, right? Uh, essentially, if you want for even people that are non-coders to be able to use this, right, it needs to work. Oh, we dropped out. I don't think it's me, is it? No, okay. I don't. I'm oh, you're back. Connection. Okay. Okay, okay, good. I, I, I could hear you. Okay. Yeah, I could see you, right? So yeah. um, basically what we're doing is we're we're focusing on this, this cornerstone of reliability, right? And I'd, there's a few, yeah, go ahead. I'd, I'd like to, to ask a question about that. Um, because it sounds very meta, what what you're doing as compared to what the other LLMs and, and you know Alpaca and, and the like, all of those are spinoffs that, you know, it's been a few weeks, so they're now old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, but um, the the reason I called it meta is it seems like you're building a framework where you can ask the framework to construct an LLM for you. Is that accurate, Albert? Am I hearing that right? So yes and no. Let's put it like this. Okay. So our, our end goal, right? Like we can we can look at a bunch of different things, right? I'm mentioning okay. reliability a few times here, right? And the problem with reliability is, for example, yeah, if if it's a pre-trained model and it's old, right? The information is old, right? That's not right. very reliable, right? Maybe the no. API has changed, then how you deal with that, right? So there's a few things that can that can crash that, right? Um okay. There's a few problems that are like like native to the to the GPT approach, right? Which is right now there's a, a fixed context window, for example. Right now on GPT-4 is uh, 8,000 to 32,000 tokens, right? In the future, maybe there's going to be millions. Doesn't really matter. It's still a limitation, right? There are some underlying limitations on the, the infrastructure, on the models. Obviously, like having context window of a million, very 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 expensive to run. Right. Right. Is that the way to do what, what we're doing is in order to make it more reliable, because, well, if it has a limited context window, it means that the outputs that it will generate are less reliable than it have a, a much, much, much larger one. Right. I'm with you. Well, everybody is trying to make it so that you have one AGI, right? like one, you know, like entity that can do everything in theory. Yes. That is, from our perspective, less reliable than having multiple, multiple autonomous generative agents that work together. So what we've that done is, is we essentially launched the, the concept of like, well, there's a service, right? What we want is people to come on board and say, okay, I want to have a world, 
right? So it's like an environment. It's not really a simulation because it's actually interacting with the outside world as well. And I want to create this, this entity, this, this space, right? And in this space, I want to put, let's say, five or 10 different agents. Now, these agents, each one of them is specialized on its own thing. One of them is looking, I don't know, let's say, for example, it's a world that's related to sales, right? So one right. of them is doing content and emails. The other one is maybe doing the generation. The other one is, you know, writing contracts. The other one is like chasing or doing it. Like each one of them can have their own responsibilities, but it's, sure. it's much more narrow, much more specialized, right? Then you're using the whole power of an LLM. But what's happening here is that the behavior that you have trained that specific agent, right? When you're saying that we are essentially training the LLM, right? We, we don't train the LLM. What we're doing is we're using the context as a way to train the LLM, right? So we're not building a new LLM. We're essentially building on top of the existing ones. Okay. I'm saying ones, like pretty much any LLM, you know, obviously the more powerful they are, the more powerful our tools are going to be, right? But you yeah. take, say, for example, GPT-4, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, this specific entity has this specific set of tools, has this specific set of memories, and has this specific behavior. That's the prompt that is going to be going. And this prompt essentially includes like which are the tools, which are the memories that it has access to. And then with that prompt, the behavior, it's personality to say it like this, yes. It's then yeah. capable of having its own little entity that knows how to do things better than if it was just one. So, so it's almost like you have, you're assembling a team of experts. That's, That's where I was going. Yeah, it's a community. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's exactly. fascinating. It yeah. reminds me of Napoleon Hill, who wrote a book, and and he has this idea. Of, he had this idea of an imaginary mastermind where he would, you know, in his imagination, imagine Abraham Lincoln, um, Andrew Carnegie, and a few other people, and he would kind of mm -hmm. like mentally debate himself with virtual versions, in, you know, in his imagination. It sounds like you're yeah. kind of making that a, a thing where you can have like. Like when you mentioned sales, right? Like, you know, we, we're big fans of somebody like Grant Cardone. Like what, what, you know, what if you had like a little bot that was trained on everything he's ever said and everything he's ever done that's focused on sales? That'd be very powerful. But then you have another one that's focused on say, I don't know, technology. Like it's, it's a fascinating idea. I mean, it's exactly that idea, right? Like right. In the, in the sales world, you would have one, one agent that's trained on this person and that other agents are capable to go and say, hey, can you please tell me how to say this or how would you approach this problem? So you have a micro advisor that's trained by, by the literature of a specific person, for example, right? Yeah. And this just becomes more and more powerful. Like when we will have stronger, uh, stronger models, um, mm -hmm. they just will all go with it as well, right? So um, as yeah. I, again, yeah. we're just trying to make something that's very reliable to make everyone have access to this, right? Um, yeah. Now the problem here is like, okay, like where do you put the rules? Like what is what are people going to be able to do with it and where, where do we see the line right like should these things yeah. be open source or not right like th there's a lot of things that we're considering in terms of like how to make sure. this responsible uh, we think it's 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 extremely it's it's super important and it's like how how do we actually deal with this is a is a conversation that is is critical but yeah it, it's it opens a ton of opportunities that until now i think are, yeah we're absolutely inaccessible mm. so i i think it's very noble uh very noble goals and I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I I really like your world as a service uh, description. I think that's a that's an interesting way to describe it. Um, one question that I have, and I don't want you to give away any secrets, but one of the ways to make it more reliable is to manage these hallucinations. And you've mentioned that that's one of the goals uh, that kind of, it sounded like it started you down this path. Yes. Um, 
I, I guess what I'm my question is, OK, let's say we have three actors in the world, uh, LLMs, and they're communicating with each other, which, by the way, I just find fascinating as a concept, whether they hallucinate or not. But if one hallucinates, what's to stop the uh, another who is listening or consuming their output from taking that output at face value and saying, oh, OK, well, this is accurate and, you know, flying off into what would maybe be a worst case would be a hallucination built on a hallucination. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. do you, I mean, if you, again, don't give away secrets, no, 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 but is that no, something no, you've I'm, thought I'm, of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's more like the problem is there's many different dimensions to that question, right? So let, let me try to, to, to put some color, I guess. Okay. There's many different approaches that you can take to this problem, right? Like, first of yeah. all, one that from our perspective is critical is to essentially constrain as much as you, you point, as you can the type of responses that you that in this case an agent is expecting from the LLM, right? Okay. This is something that there's different mechanisms that we can constrain. For example, we can tell him specifically we want you to format the output in exactly this way, right? And then right. we can actually parse that out that output. We can even take some, you know, it's a JSON that's coming back to the agent, and then the agent actually has a process if we want to that can just say, okay, this agent has a specific thing that is kind of like prone to hallucinations. And this right. learning, that's essentially the reinforcement learning that we can have. So we can have reinforcement learning in, in different like aspects as well here, right? For, through okay. human feedback or even like through agent feedback directly, right? So because we're not connected directly to the subconscious mind, but we're essentially uh, building something on top of it, it is actually quite feasible to just say, okay, we have something that is, we have a process that's completely deterministic that is going to look into some specific type of what of the outputs from the LLM into the agent, right? The inputs to the mm-hmm. agent, right? And it's going to make sure that, they, that they can validate that. You know, for okay. example, let's say an API, right? So you're asking the LLM for a specific API, then the agent gets that, and then the agent has a deterministic process that will just, okay, try to query this, you know, is it a, a 404 or no? Like, is it is it actually a URL or not? Did he just hallucinate that? So. There's gotcha. multiple process here. Another process okay. would be to essentially have an external agent, like you said three, in this case, there could be a fourth one. That's essentially just trying to make sure that everyone is behaving, right? And this is absolutely critical. Like you wanna make sure that there's, um, the way we've set it up, right? Like these are like separated uh, threads, right? Like imagine like separated dockers, like, you know, virtual environments is one of them, right? Like you have the, the, the world and then you have each one of the, each one of the agents and you have another one that's essentially controlling, okay, what's happening? Does this make sense or not, right? Another layer there as well is the mental process, right? One thing you can do as well is make it, so maybe you've seen, but in in ChatGPT, a good good kind of like mechanism is to ask himself to kind of like question himself. Okay, like think about it like this and tell me what the opposite point of view would be, right? Like, so argue against yourself multiple times and that normally gets a better, a better result, right? This yeah. is something we can as well do there. So I dropped into the chat here, just a note, just so I wouldn't forget. Um, both Frank and I were recently studying prompt engineering mm-hmm. and a fascinating kind of uh, thing that did emerge recently out of, uh, out of GPT and it's, uh, you know, cousins. But um, yeah, I, and I, I get that that can mitigate. I imagine that that could still kind of, while it would, I'll say it this way, it, it won't eliminate, but it will definitely mitigate it doing it that way. And 
are you allowing for human interaction or human monitoring at least to kind of catch this and maybe provide feedback? Because I know that's another way people manage hallucinations is, right. you know, have, have a human say that's not right, that that product doesn't exist, that URL isn't real, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. So human feedback okay. in, this, in this situation is absolutely critical. And, um, you know, the, the reality is that it's as, as bad as it will ever be, right? So it's like yeah. over time, as the models get get better, and this over time we're talking about months, really, right? So you have the the, the underlying subconscious uh, will get better. At the same time, our systems get better. The training of each one of these things get better. And what's more, like if you have an agent that's specialized, say for example, on lead generation, right, or in code uh, code uh, creation, for example, right, they will get specialized on their things, and they will over time become better at that, right? Like the problem, one of the like the, the the problem of having a limited context window, it means that they become much less reliable very quickly, right? Because sure. they don't really understand the whole context, right? By breaking it down and saying, okay, like you don't need to have all the memory of all the other participants in this world. You just need to have your little piece right. of memory. Yeah, that's that's that makes it for automatically much more reliable. So okay, I don't know. It's an ongoing effort for sure. No, I like it because if you look at kind of just you step back and you think about this in evolutionary terms, right? There, there's no species on Earth that I'm aware of that it, there's one mind that kind of manages things. There are mm. obviously you know hive minds, but like there, but there's this notion of you look at social animals, right? Whether that's humans, elephants, chimps, dogs, right? Each one of them, it seems to be a very adaptable model. Um, you know that you know one. <laughs> One person knows how to, you know, make the bows and arrows, right? Like going, <laughs> one person knows how to run and catch the animal, right? right. Not the person knows how to cook it. It's kind of like a, it's almost like the, um, uh, if you divvy up the responsibilities, um, and, and, and you see this in bi biology too, right? You know, your heart does not do what the liver does. The liver does not pump blood. Like, right. it's an interesting concept. Like, it's, because um, I think that there's, there's a, there's thinking here that, um, you know, chat, you know, one language model to rule them all. And I, it's not, that's not feasible. Yeah. And it's probably not even possible. If it is possible, it's not feasible. Like There's right. always trade-offs, right? There's always right. trade-offs. Like you will have another land that will be better for this and worse for that. For example, the price, right? Maybe right. one that will be free, will be faster right. or slower. I don't know. Uh, but right. like another one that will be super fast and super powerful, but then it's going to be much more expensive, right? So there are always trade-offs and you should be sure. able to choose which for every single situation, right? So you're gonna have an agent that will have different processes and depending on the importance of the process, they should maybe rely on one LLM or another, right? right. Or even like there's different like ways to think about it. Like, do you think that an agent that is generating code is gonna be having the same mental processes that ones that doing research, for example? It, it's not, not the same thing, no. of course not, right? right? Like right. the way that they prioritize the task, that they do that, like all of that, the thinking, the, the planning, like this is not going to be the same. So we're essentially trying to create this framework that is very like uh, open, you know, like my co-founder says like this, like, you know, we, we are the hands and the legs and the eyes maybe, but like we want everybody to be able to put their little brains in these machines to do their things, sure. right? And, and that's it, yeah. Um. So, oh, go ahead, Andy, sorry. I, you mentioned that, um, you know, you want people to have access to it and you're considering options up to and including open source. 
Um, right now, if someone were to go to Jaeger.ai, would they be able to interact uh, with this? And keep in mind, we're recording this show before World as a Service goes live. Um, and we're very honored. And, and thank you, Albert, for sharing this really thank exciting uh, release beforehand with us. Mum's the word over here. But if let's say we're in the future now um, and it and World as a Service is available, what does that look like, say, for me? Can I go to Jaeger AI, create an account, and then begin interacting? Yeah, that's correct. So we, we are yeah. planning on having multiple types of, of our worlds, basically, right? Uh, okay. The first the first types are going to be worlds that essentially we've defined that have specific goals, right? And and we want people to be able to clone them. Essentially, okay. we'll have one, say, for example, a world that's managing your, your documentation. So you're connected to your GitHub, and it's essentially going through the through the code, trying to find, okay, like maybe this documentation may, makes sense for you. Then it does a pull request, and then you say, okay, you like it, you don't like it. It's essentially, you know, like pair programming with you, just like on the on the segmentation sort of thing, right? There's a bunch of things we can do that. We can do stuff on refactoring, we can do, what we want is to build some of the early worlds ourselves so that, you know, people have examples, people can see how to actually like, where you put the lines and like how, how to do these things. But then what we want is uh, people to be able to create their own, right? Like okay, people yeah. that say, okay, I'm running this type of department. I don't know, let's say I'm running a, a marketing agency, right? And I want yeah. for people to, you know, I want an agent that's doing the content generation, another one that's doing images, another one that's doing, uh, you know, answering whatever the, the customer uh, success sort of things, right? We want people to go wild and just like experiment. So, so you could have like you could have your like your sales bot and your marketing bot like both read that documentation and kind of create material based on that. And you know, exactly. for sales, it'll be through the lens of sales for marketing. Uh, it'll be through the end of that. That's fascinating. Like it's so, so you can kind of have the same source content, but looked at it with different weights and values, and with and you know, presumably you come up with different output. That's that could be very powerful. Like you know, yeah. Like um, because I think that's something that is really missing. Like again, this is a fast-moving field, so who knows where it's going to go. But what excites me about what you're doing is that you know, when when ChatGPT came out, people their jaws dropped to the floor, right? Sure. But after that, there was this whole, you know, anxiety and stress about, oh, this is the end of work as we know it. But what you're doing is you're yeah. proving that over the long haul, historically, um, greater automation has led to more opportunity. And mm -hmm. you're kind of like, the, the, you're a good example of that. Like probably, I think it... When, when did ChatGPT come out? Like November 29th or November, November 30th, right? Like, so yeah. probably like on November 15th, this was probably not on your radar. It was like, you're you're probably in the space, but Correct. like, it, you know, you wouldn't be where you are now had it not been for that happening. Completely. So Completely. I was at, yeah. I was at AWS reInvent. So I was completely, I didn't touch, um, uh, I didn't touch ChatGPT till I was at the Vegas airport. And if you've ever been to Vegas, you know how it is. Like, you know, by the by about 36 hours in, you're like, I'm ready to leave. And so you get to the <laughs> airport. And it's one of the few places where I always like to get to the airport early. <laughs> and um, no offense to Vegas. It's 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 fun for the first 36 hours. Um, but um, the um, I, I was there and I was like, all right, I, let me see what this is about. Like, yeah, okay. I've worked with chatbots before, but I was floored with, just the, the 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 gravitas and 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 the the how the responses were just orders of magnitude better than any chatbot I've ever seen before. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it was one of those things where I had that moment of like, you know, this is something I would not have expected for another three to five years. Yet here it is right now. It's quite insane. It's quite insane. I mean, the, the implications are going to be absolutely uh, groundbreaking, right? No, no doubt on that. We still believe that this is not going to be replaced kind of like human work. What's going to happen is right. that Portrait will be changing it. And like people need to adapt as it has always happened with new technologies, right? But the way we see it, this is a, an accelerant. That, that is the, I think the challenge here yeah. is the acceleration of pretty much everything. Like everything can become much, much, much faster. Like competition, sure. for example, becomes much, much faster. You can have an idea, you work towards, okay, let's put this product to the market and so on. And just like a few, like you launch it and it will take very, very little time for some competitor to come online. So you really need to rethink where the mode is. The code is not the mode anymore, right? So right. We, like there's a few things that are changing here. Um, but the way we see it, like the, the human will stay on the driving wheel. It's just like now the car is going way, way, way faster and doing a lot more things for you, right? It's like everything sure. gets automated. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, like um, at the end of the day, like LLMs, at least to this point, they're essentially just looking at the past and they can essentially, uh, you can organize them. You can try to, you know, like make them like shift um, from that to coming to absolutely new ideas and like, you know, okay, your, your marketing strategy that no one has ever thought before should be this one. That, that is something that that uh, I think it's very, very difficult to, to see right now, right? Yep. What I see is that people are going to be like super powered by this, for sure. So Yeah, it's definitely like that. There's that line in The Incredibles you just reminded me of where the uh, the uh, bad the, the bad actor says, you know, when everybody's super, then no one is, right? right. But it's not a it's not a negative. I don't want you to take that negative. I no, not not here. Not in the not context. here. I think it is. But I think it's it's, you're right. Be, you know? Well, like, you're it, right. And it isn't, right? Well, it, it it's an accelerator, and just mm-hmm. like you said, and I've I've used it for that as well. Um, I was tasked with something that really wasn't in my wheelhouse not long ago, a few weeks ago. And um, working as a consultant, and one of the engineers I was working with joked and said, "Well, why don't you drop it into Chat GPT and see if it can do this thing?" And you know, it was basically rewriting a, from one syntax to to a different one, and I wasn't familiar enough with either of them to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And I took all of the, you know, the uh, ID identified, masked all of the passwords and stuff like that that were part of the original script dropped it into uh, GPT-4 and asked it, convert this to a PowerShell script. Mm -hmm. And five minutes later, it was done. And here's the thing, I moved the code over, um, you know, unmasked the stuff I had masked earlier and it ran on the first time. And that, you don't always get those results. I don't always get those results. And there's, there's times when I ask it to do something in the data engineering space where it um, it thinks more of certain functionality than is accurate. It's hallucinating, and but but it does always get me get me down the right path. It actually moves the ball every single time, and that's that is exactly what you describe as an you know an accelerant. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting gonna, that. Yeah, uh, no, sorry. No, no, no. It's just going to get better, right? So all the issues that we're facing right now, they're going to be resolved soon. Mm. And uh, at that point, so we can't be focused on, okay, like this is not working here, this is not working there. We need to assume right. that it's, most of it is going to be working. And like, what are the implications of that, right? And that's the challenge here, right? Like, like the challenge here, like people are not ready. Many, most of the people are not ready for the type of volatility that this will create. And then I'm sure the things right. will stabilize as well, right? 
but you just need to be thinking, okay, like in the long run, where do I think that things will stabilize? What will be important at that point? And that's what we're trying to, to kind of facilitate. Sure. Right. And I, I often wonder, like, what's the pressure this is going to have on education, right? Like, you know, the whole, yeah. you know, um, friend, of our, friend of ours was, was over the other day and he was asking me about ChatGPT and his kids are a little older than mine. He was like, where, what are my kids going to study? Like, how, you know, how are they going to be ready? Is this going to take away all the opportunity? And, you know, even though I say that, you know, automation historically has always led to greater opportunities and, and greater uh, economies and, 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 and progress, there, there is, I mean, the only thing that's different this time is that this is happening so fast, right? It used to be kind of generational, right? Like, you know, your, your, you know, great grandfather was, your grandfather was a farmer, your, your dad was a factory worker, and then you work in IT, right? That's one, that's one kind of path, right? Um, but now it's happening. It used, then it became kind of like by decade, right? So it was less than a lifetime, but like by decade, but now you're seeing it kind of, you know, sub decade. And at some point it's going to be almost an annual change. It's like, it's, sure. that's my question is, is like, you know, I guess adaptability is going to be the, 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 the most important skill. The way I see it personally, it's, it's, it, it's a constant adaptability, right? You, you need to essentially be ready to constantly adapt. Right. You, you can't yeah. just sit and wait and like, you know, at the same time, like, I think that probably like the value of money will be changing extremely quickly, right? Um, right now, it doesn't really make, I, I, don't, I don't really see the point, for example, for a small startup right now, for example, to raise hundreds of millions of dollars if it's not just to focus on, on M&As, for example, right? Right. Um, because right now you don't need that much uh, ammunition to, to do, to make things happen, right? And at the same time, like I said before, it's very easy then for other people to come and compete with you because the value of, of software is dropping, right? Right. So I think it's just like being adaptive. Like I've been, I've been, before AI, I was in crypto for, uh, since 2013, right? So I've been, uh, leading multiple protocols and like multiple startups there. And the pace there was very, very, very fast. Yeah. The pace in AI is much faster. Right. Yeah. It's, and yeah. It, it's very challenging to be on top of everything that's happening. It takes some training, right? So personally, I feel quite comfortable with this, but I understand that people just need to change their chip and think, okay, I need to always be adapting. And it, it's not like you're doing this or you're doing that. It's like, just, you know, enjoy. Really, it's like, enjoy the change. <laughs> there's, there's no other way, in my opinion. I, I feel you. You're, you know, saying it's like almost like embrace it and, mm -hmm. and move on. And I don't, I don't mean to challenge you on this, but. Um, I, I'm going to ask a question I think some of our listeners are going to uh, have formed in their minds at this point, is how then do we manage those who aren't embracing? You know, what do we, you know, we, you know what do we say to them? Mm -hmm. I mean, other than it's, it's almost like a learn to code, um, you know, statement <laughs> that, that we said back in the day. And, you know, and I, I get that. Um, and my response to learn to code was to create classes uh, and recordings that people could have access to. And then when um, when we had economic downturns and many people were laid off, um, I've given those classes away rather than I make money off of selling them. But I'll turn around you know, and in times like this, I'll say, hey, you can have free access. Here's a code and, and go go at it. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to. I'm trying to solve that, you know, for the people who don't know how to code. Well, and I'm not, this isn't aimed at you specifically, because um, I I see opportunities in, in what you're doing. 
but um, that that could solve that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what do we do yeah. with the people who? And I, it's interesting you mentioned crypto too, because I think we had kind of the same thing in there. And it's mm-hmm. how do we help people who aren't jumping on the you know on the latest tech? How do we help them continue to uh, to thrive? So the way I read this is um, for sure things will change. Another yeah. thing we can agree on, right? Another thing is how are they going to change, right? Okay. In the case that this technology really becomes like, uh, well, is everywhere, right? What's going to happen is that then there will be more abundance as well because, well, there will be more software, more automation. Things will mm-hmm. happen uh, in terms of like maybe maybe that will become more fragile. We still don't know, right? So there's some unknowns mm-hmm. there, right? Okay. But except for the fragility side of things, which is another big aspect here, would be if it becomes more abundant, right? Then the val- like the, the cost of things will drop as well, right? Okay. Then there's many different economics models that that and models that can be applied there, right? So right now, for example, you know, uh, nuclear fusion and then obviously like so- solar, for example, right? like the energy price is going to be dropping, the cost of software is going to be dropping. Um, okay. All of these things will essentially create abundance, and if that's the case, then okay, maybe it's not so critical for people. I mean. People will need to make a living, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe there's going to be some sort of a OPUBI or not. Like we'll see. For yeah. sure, what this is 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 an accelerant, and it's as well an equalizer, right? Now, okay. I, I understand that not everybody can constantly try to stay on top of what's happening, right? So sure. it's very difficult. Like I don't know, you know, like uh, you know, you're 70 years old, and like it's it's very difficult for you to be on top of that. Okay, I I completely understand, even for younger for younger people as well, right? But yep. the thing here is that it actually opens a lot of doors that we didn't have until now. So okay. if we go into an age of abundance, if people have more, faci- more, more, um, it's easier for people to stay on top of what's happening. For example, education, right? Now you have a personalized tutor on on ChatGPT itself. Just this specific application can teach right. you on anything, right? That that facilitates a lot of different things. So I just think that we're gonna go through a period period that will not last forever that's just a period of time where things are going to be volatile and things are going to be changing right and people will need to try to adapt eventually this is going to be stabilizing and in the meantime you know let's just i mean i just hope that the people are going to be finding ways to you know to yeah to survive in that scenario right and that, that this this like all like it's, it's happening we can't change that the way i see it is humanity was going towards this direction Right, we started writing, you know, and then we we started analyzing the writing. Then we had numbers. Then we start. All of this is essentially the road to where we are right now. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's just, uh, you know, it's essentially a discovery rather than an invention from my perspective. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's. I mean, it's interesting point because you know, I mean, if you look at kind of, you know, I like your idea. You have a lot of optimism about this technology, right? Because there's so much doom and gloom, and I'm impressed that you know, in spite of everything that you've been through in crypto. <laughs> You're still optimistic, um, you know. Always. I still, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a hater on crypto, right? Just put that out there, right? I'm not a, I'm not a believer in, I'm not a believer, but I'm not a hater either. Like, I think, I think there's some interesting, there's interesting aspects in there that can definitely be moved forward. But you know, I, 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 not sure what to make of it. It's, you know, it was always yeah. kind of my when I saw blockchain, it was kind of like in, 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 in that space. I was like, like I think I understand it, but I don't. I don't understand what I would do with it, right? And I think that mm-hmm. it's it's one of those technologies that it still needs more time to kind of mature and then figure out what it's really good at solving. So I still think it has a pretty good. It still has some good life in it. Obviously, the uh, SBF thing probably created a lot of the hype, 
Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 uh, but you know, it's still it's still gonna move forward. And I think it's, it, it's important to separate, right? Like one of the things is right. the, the hype cycles and the ups and downs on the price and yeah. so on. Right. The thing is the technology. There's the technology being some things that we didn't have until right. now. From my perspective, it's an absolute yes. Things that are better now than before. I can find some things that, it, that that's the case, right? Um, but for sure, like AI is much more applicable, right? Like it has, it touches basically everything, right? And that's right. for the good and for the bad. Yeah. Like for example, crypto um, has a very narrow kind of like, uh, you know, type of applications, right? Doesn't really touch everything. AI does touch everything, which means that the impact of it is much more wild and like it just touches everybody, right? So from my perspective, it's much more uh, challenging to, to, to deal with because, you know, people that maybe are not used to this type of volatility will be affected by it. Well, yeah. you know, the, the crypto side of things is not something that will be impacting that many people, you know? So there's pros and well, cons like trade-offs. I, I like what you said about education. It's really gonna rattle, you know, revolutionize uh, education because you can go this, you can do this back and forth with it. And it's a very patient mentor, right? Mm -hmm. You used yeah. to like, you would Google an error, right? And then now Google, right, I'll, I'm not picking on any one search engine in particular, but um, you know, you, you, the first two or three click, you know, things, results now are all ads, right? And everything mm -hmm. else that showed bubbles to the top, SEO has been gamed to the point where it's, it's, it's useless now, right? It's almost, I wouldn't say useless, but it's close to useless. Yeah. But, you mm -hmm. know, thus far, no one's been able to game, you know, AI language models yet, but, you know, um, but it's nice to be able to ask it questions and you kind of do this in a conversational way and it's very patient. Yeah. And there's actually, there's actually a very interesting uh, YouTube video I saw where this guy, um, you know, was teaching himself Spanish. I think it was Spanish. And he's like, you know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, not a beginner anymore, but I'm kind of like an, an intermediate, you know, create a course plan for me outlines this, this is what I'm weak in help me get strong in that. And it basically came out of the course thing. And he was able to like, you know, come up with a sample dialogue about, I think he was into, um, I think he was into birds or something like that mm -hmm. or bird watching. And he's like, create a sample dialogue around that and surfing. And cause that was his other hobby. And it did that. And he took the, he took the, he, he copied and pasted that into, you know, something where it would generate a voice, uh, you know, uh, text to speech thing. And, you know, he was able to practice his conversational skills and he was able to like accelerate that. So the ability for this to, to kind of custom tailor, you know, courseware, or when I ported some code from C sharp to Python, right. I mean, it was very patient with me. I would ask it, you know, I, I, questions I thought I would be embarrassed to ask like an actual <laughs> living human, but like, you know, it, it was, it's very useful in that. And, and, you know, writer's block is almost a thing of the past, right? Cause you wouldn't start with, you wouldn't start with, you know, kind of a blank page. You'd say, give me an outline for an article that talks about this. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you would yeah. see it I'm like, well, it's not really what I want, but I know, I know what it was getting at. And it, like, mm -hmm. and there was an example where, um, I was trying to write a summary of a movie, right? The the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Great movie, by the way. And um, um, I was trying to come up with a summary of it, but I couldn't, I couldn't succeed. And the article was not about that movie, right? It was about something else that was proven in that movie. Right. And I was like, I'm, 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 I'm getting too deep into it. So I just asked ChatGP, give me a paragraph summary of this movie. And it did it, right? And I was like, well, it's not exactly what I was looking for, but highlight this aspect of it and how it relates to this. And it did right. it. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the cool thing here is 
it will like in our situation right with, with the world as a service right if you can create a world and you have an agent for example that just goes through everything every video that you've produced every blog post that you've produced mm -hmm. let's say wherever your notes and meetings and emails and stuff right you essentially go through everything that that you have produced in the past and it's capable of essentially learning about you like how you write right. how you think what you write what you know what you don't know right and then basically creates another one another agent for example that's just trying to teach you something right say for example the spanish teacher right well yeah you don't need to tell him what you know and what you don't know it can learn what you know and what you don't know over time right. as it's working with you and it will know okay this person knows this one more this this, this part less right and you can essentially create a whole world that's helping you to learn some things right so yeah education is going to be changing as well for sure it's not just about okay like now you know you know students can generate you know their their homework at uh, with gpt for sure that's for sure that has to change right it's just right. the the goal is changing now the, the goal such as you know when there was the internet i'm sure that people you know oh now we have you know search engines and you can find the answer for everything you don't need to go to the absolutely you know, library to actually get an encyclopedia like physically like how like that's not that's nonsense at, at this point right so i think it's just the same i think it's like we will have to refactor how we actually teach uh, students and like people in general, right? And this mm -hmm. will have to be in there, right? How do you actually use this? Like it, it will change for sure. I, I don't, I mean, I remember studying and like, you know, having to copy a thousand times something. What's the point of that? Did, did, actually, did this actually get like engraved in my, in, my, in my memory? I don't think so. It's much better for me to understand the reasoning behind the things. I'm being able to say, I don't understand this. Can you please explain this to me like a five years old, right? right. And then actually getting that and being able to, to ask, this is way, way, way better for, for teaching people. You have it personalized and you have it with your own like understanding, right? And you have a back and forth with, you know, that's eternally patient, basically. No, absolutely. Very true. So, so this we're has at been... That... This is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As I was going to say, this is a Frank was going to say, I think this has been an awesome interview and we really enjoyed the, the back and forth on this. We have a set of questions that will probably will adapt a little bit uh, because um, just because and um, I hope you got to look at these beforehand. We just popped them into the chat. Okay. But the very first one is how did you find your way into uh, into data? I think you've already answered this. Did uh, did data find you or did you find data? So I had been, I mean, I had been interested in AI for a long time, like my, my background is in computer science, uh, but I've always been like uh, more on the entrepreneurship sort of things, right? Um, so I love technology, I love product, right? And I was always like, you know, I really like AI. And a couple of years ago, I invested in, in well, I essentially invested in the company of my co-founder. And uh, from there, we just got along and so on. Great. So yeah, I, I, that, that's where it all started for me, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part of your current job? <laughs> so we're opening so many doors right now. I'm just trying to understand like what will be, you know, most useful for, for the people, right? Like for, for our, yeah. our users, right? Um, there's just so many use cases that we are exploring right now that we just didn't even think that they were possible. Like we've got this big uh, corporation that have like these places, there's millions of people going there. They have like very, very complicated like, control systems on many different like areas. We're mm. essentially automating all of that, right? Like this wow. means that you can essentially simulate everything that's happening in on these places, 
uh, there's these things just were not possible for for them like like you said before like you know six months ago basically uh so yeah, yeah just I, I just love exploring all the all the possibilities of this new technology very awesome so we have three complete this sentence and um the first is when i'm not working i enjoy blank spending time with my babies oh awesome good answer sure that. <laughs> of course that's cool <laughs> Um, next to complete the sentence is, I think the coolest thing in technology today is generative AI for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's hard to compete with that. It's just, like definitely. It's, it's quite wild right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So our last one is, um, complete this sentence. I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. To empower everyone in the world. Like. That's this is the, the world that we were saying before. This this training that to yeah. me is is the goal. Like for example, these LLMs, they don't care about the language, like the, uh, the the language. They can pretty much understand every language, which means that all these training systems that you can build, they are yeah. accessible to everybody, right? They just need a, a, an internet connection and you know some like hardware resources, yeah. but that's it. I, I I'm just going to interrupt here and inject that I find your optimism um, very encouraging, and I. What what I um I worry about other people and you know and then mistakes that just may happen where this goes off the rails and Frank mentioned earlier the the fact that search engines have turned into um, you know advertising driven and that isn't a positive thing for most of us um, I think people working on this that, that you and others like you I think they they will be. You you will be the guardrails that um, that keep us on track and and using this for very positive things. So I'm very encouraged um, by by meeting you, Albert, and listening to you talk about this. It's not just passion. I can sense the ethics. I sense the goodwill, and um, it just it warms my heart. I, I will double click on that. I will double click on that. Your optimism <laughs> is is refreshing. Yep. And it's 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 um it's contagious, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah. Because like you know, a friend of ours, he works in IT security. Shout out to you, John, if you're listening. Um, he was he he's he wants to be optimistic, but there's a lot of fear like around uh, around this, and I think rightfully so. Like you know, yeah. But you you also fear is one of those things where it should be an advisor. Like not a dictator, right? Like you know, exactly. it has to. It has to keep. Fear keeps you from jumping off the ledge, right? Like, uh, you know, and it's just. It's a far more. I don't know. Like your your enthusiasm has made me more excited about this because I would always start with like a little bit of, you know, in the back of my head there was always this little bit of dread about like you know is this going to take over the world and, and right. you know put us into the matrix, uh, you know, but but <laughs> but your but your enthusiasm is kind of like maybe like you know maybe there is a bright future behind this. Yeah, I think there is. I mean, it's it's change, and change is always challenging, right? Yeah. But sure. things always stabilize. You know, people adapt. You know, there will be some you know decade or something like this that people will try to find their place, right? And, and mm -hmm. I don't think that it's obvious for everybody. That's unfortunate. At the same time, the thing is, at the end of this, are we going to be better off or not better off? Right? The internet was a big change as well. And the thing, personally, I feel better off than if I didn't have this this tool. Right. right. And right. My, my goal is just how do we make, make it so that everybody, you know, is more empowered, you know, equality of, of, of opportunity. For me, that's that's my, my main focus. And, and I think this is a good deliver. 
I believe you. I believe that that's your so main cool. focus. Yeah, and and it's it's inspiring. Uh, where can folks find out more about what you're up to at Jaeger? Is it Jaeger.ai? Yep, it's Jaeger.ai. Uh, we've got a Discord. We've got we essentially try to be as open to the community as possible. Always invite for people to to participate, and we're always open. We're always here, so it's just uh, ping us on Jaeger.ai on Twitter as well, on Discord. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. And so we'll let, um, yeah, uh, go ahead, uh, Andy. I, okay. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a coffee reload. I'm jealous of yes, that, that, that definitely. good Barcelona coffee that you have. Cafe, I think is, uh, I say it. Um, and somebody once told me that the better they say the word coffee, the better the coffee is. So, um, <laughs> so in, 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 in Spanish and Italian and French, it's all cafe. Um, whereas in English it's coffee. Um, all right. So, um, we'll let our AI finish the show. Take it away, Bailey. Thank you, Albert, for a fascinating discussion. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to the Data Driven Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we kindly ask that you take a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is invaluable to us and helps us to continually improve and provide the best possible content and experience to our listeners.